Yeah, let's fucking kick it off. I'll be a piece of shit and take the first review. Um, I watched the piece movie. Piece of shit. Sorry. Stinker <laughs> asshole. I, well, that's stinkers are. I don't fucking know. But I do <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, let's let's stick. Let's get that sound bit in the show from here on out. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is Movie Toast News and Reviews. I'm Adam, and Dennis is here with me. What's up, man? Hey, hey. Okay, sorry. I just <laughs> I felt the I felt the inspiration. Um, it, it's good to talk to you again, Adam. It's it's been far too long. I I am excited to be back uh, toasting some movies with separate. Been what like two weeks, but it feels like it's been eternity, man. How was oh, how was God. your hiatus? You do anything fun? Uh, no, it was it was pretty chill. Uh, Fourth of July, the dog got a little scared with all the fireworks in the neighborhood. Oh, but it's gonna uh, be kind of shitty. Sorry, sorry to hear yeah, that. She yeah, she she handled okay. Nice. It's it's not bad, not bad. Nothing That's too crazy. Nice. Middle of the road. Cool, cool. What about you, man? Where, uh, where are you at? I've been good. I've been good. Just doing the regular shit in lockdown. Uh, still not working. So that's that's life. Uh, yeah, yeah. As as I think a lot of us are in the same place. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, there's some big changes coming to the world of movie toast, and I think uh, it'd be right for us to talk about it right now on the top of the show. What do you think, Dennis? It, it yes, I, I would say big changes, but um, it, nothing too drastic. Yeah. We are still trying to deliver to you the same quality movie toast goodness. Uh, we want to give you the same movie conversations we always have. There, you're going to hear some different voices. Um, just some, some of us are going to go in and out yeah. as we're available from week to week. Yeah, we, we still just cannot help but talk about movies with you guys. Yeah, honestly, we like we said before, we were planning to take a hiatus, take some time off through the summer. But honestly, I couldn't stop watching movies, and I want to talk about fucking movies. And I was happy that you said, hey, I want to come back and talk for a bit too. So it's like, oh, cool. yeah. Uh, and, and then it's like, you know what? Hey, well, we always talk about doing some uh, stuff. Let's start doing it right now. No time like the present. So exactly. what we're planning to do, uh, pretty much we're going to kind of cut down to one review a week like it used to be. Well, one review podcast a week but we want to yes. bring back news with the movie toast news and reviews we haven't had news in forever because news hasn't really been there so uh Dennis, you want to talk about what we're going to do with the news so we're going to kind of diversify where you're going to see some of our material you're of course going to keep getting reviews on the usual podcast but we're going to move the new segments over to twitch we're going to try to give the Twitch audience a shot. We just think that um, the news is something that needs to be delivered really fast. And we had a, a little bit of an issue previously where we just didn't quite feel like we were giving it to you fast enough, or at least as fast as we thought you were reading the information. So now it's more uh, focused on the discussion of what the news will be. And the, I don't, I don't want to cut in and just sound like a dick, but it's like we realized that everyone in the audience that we have so far have really enjoyed listening to the reviews as a podcast, but we've noticed that the news is kind of hard, like you said, timely issues and stuff. It's like, why not put our fucking ugly faces out in the world and uh, see what's going on? We've always talked about trying to get into these other realms, and mm. uh, Twitch was one of them. That's one of them that's always been at, right at the top of the list alongside YouTube. Ah, yes. The, uh, the, the other thing we want to touch base with you folks. We're, we're getting a bit of solid shot. See how it lands. Um, but again, you're going to see some faces come in and out of the group. Uh, familiar and not so familiar. We've yeah. already got a couple people interested in uh, lending their, their voice or maybe their faces to a yeah. segment or two. We've already got some, uh, some of the other toasters who are not 
not going to be here tonight, but are already planning on coming back. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, when it works out for everybody. Yeah, scheduling and, uh, and stuff. Like we said before, we really burnt ourselves out doing it before. We're hitting yeah. it so fucking hard. And it's like, 100%. Hey, I get, it fucking wears on you. So those guys need a little longer break. And when they're ready to come back, we're ready. We'll fucking jump into the pool with them. Yeah, like you said, Twitch, we're doing the movie news. And uh, that's going to be every Sunday night we're doing that. So you're getting the last week's news. Not all of it, just the shit we find fun. And the stuff we don't talk about, you can read on our Twitter page, at movie underscore toast. Uh, but we're going to try to do, like, 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern time and, like, what is that, like, 8 Central time? Yeah, yeah, it's, about, yeah it's about 8 o'clock. Yeah. Give or it, take, that's the time zone we're working Around with. then, which, uh, which, by the way, on Twitch, you can follow us at uh, movie underscore toast, I believe. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, yeah. Uh, so let's get into what we're going to do in the world of YouTube. There used to be a segment we had before, Dennis, uh, I don't think you were here for it, where we Correct. would talk about trailers we'd watch trailers and then talk about them it was called trailer talk um and we've been talking about really finding a way to bring that back into the show but we didn't have the right format so we decided let's do trailer reaction videos that's going to be trailer talk we're going to do one a week we're going to drop those uh i don't think we have the date figured out yet but once a week um probably mondays if i had a guess yeah, yeah, I feel like something like that. It, it's where we're still fast and loose with the with the date release, but it's going to be a weekly show or at least a weekly video that we'll post to, to YouTube. Um, which again, same same handle. You can find us on YouTube at Movie Underscore Toast. Um, that, but this is going to be where you start finding our trailer talk videos alongside some of the other yeah. uh, video segments we've had in the past. But uh, we're we're if you could bear with us with the video, we're still figuring it out. It looks a little janky here and there, but we're we're honing in on it. Working with what's available to us at the moment, I, I hope the hardcore movie toasters will remain. I know you're here for the conversation, you're here for the voice, you're here for the personality. Uh, we're going to keep giving that to you. I don't know. I'm, about, I'm, yeah. I'm ready to dive into this review if you are, man. Yeah, let's fucking kick it off. I'll be a piece of shit and take the first review. Um, so yeah, I watched a Hulu original which came out last Friday called Palm Springs. Uh, starring Andy Samberg and Kristen Milianti. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. The mother from How I Met Your Mother. It's wacky. It's out there. It's crazy. It's different. It's not what you think. Like, uh, it starts off as like a regular rom-com and then it sidesteps hardcore into a weird time loop situation. So this movie is about a guy that's at a wedding and he somehow got into a cave And he lives that wedding day over and over again every single day. And he's been there for he doesn't even know how long. And he has a nemesis who he also got stuck in the cave, which was J.K. Simmons, who hunts him down every day. Well, not every day, but pretty frequently. Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And one day he decides, hey, I kind of dig the sister of the bride, even though I'm dating another sister of the bride. But I know she's cheating on me and I have proof of it. So I'm going to hit on, I'm going to make my move on the sister of the bride. And they, they start hooking up one night and then J.K. Simmons shoots an arrow into Andy Samberg's back. None of this is spoils because it's in the trailer. Uh, and so Andy Samberg's crawling back into the cave that is the cave of time loop. He tells the girl, don't follow me in here. But she follows him in anyways. And she's stuck in the time loop. And it's just seeing the two of them kind of bond and form a relationship kind of in this time loop. But still, she's trying to figure out how to get out. He gave up all hope of getting out. J.K. Simmons has all hope of getting out. And it's like Groundhog's Day, but honestly, I like it so much better than Groundhog's Day. It's 
it's fun. It's wacky. It's, it's relevant. It's today. There's a lot of different takes and it's just seeing how you can have fun every day. Yeah. That's all I want to say about it. It's really good. I'd say it's a green light. It's called Palm Springs. It's on Hulu. It's an original Hulu movie. I was curious what, what their twist was on it. So I'm, I'm still very intrigued. I would like to see the execution of it. The, the style fit was very interesting to me in the trailer and, and yeah. the cast, it looks great. Like I, I was already sold with, uh, Andy Samberg and J.K. Simmons alone. So yeah, and it has a lot of like people whose faces you might be like, oh, that guy, that guy from this show or that show, and it's produced yeah. by The Lonely Island, and that that's kind of cool. Uh, this movie uh, premiered, I want to say, not Tribeca at a uh, one of the big fucking uh, festivals. Uh, fuck, now I feel like a piece of shit for not knowing what festival. Uh, and it was the largest fucking bought movie at a festival. And the Lonely Island's like, hey, we appreciate this. It's a great big payout, but could you round us up to 69 cents? So we're the highest by 69 cents. And they, they did, which was kind of cool. Was it like $17 million they raised or something? Yeah, something crazy they got. That's and honestly, insane. it's worth it. I, I already watched the movie, and I think I might watch it again sometime. Not right away. Oh, but shit. It has good rewatch value. If I had to choose nice. time loop movies... This is one of them, and it's and the, the the thing I forgot to mention about this movie, it has heart. It's not just goofy; like everyone's battling their own demons and stuff, and there's some serious drama that's not on the surface, but it's built in there and caked in, and it's kind of heartwarming and gut wrenching at the same time, and always a fun laugh a minute kind of movie. Nice. Which I know those oh, things don't normally mix together well, and I probably did not sell it properly, but it's really fun. No, the like the idea of. Uh... Um, something like Groundhog Day, but you're actually seeing it from multiple characters' perspectives instead of just the one, instead of just Bill Murray. It's mm-hmm. like, what if the whole town had to, I don't know. The, and you that do idea. see the same day kind of reverse from one person to the next person. You do see the oh, same okay. exact day because at some point a character goes off and does something different from the other character and we're seeing one character for a little bit and then we're seeing the other character and it's like, oh shit. Hmm. And then we're seeing another character in a whole different line. It's crazy it's smart Whoever oh wrote this okay movie, spot on genius good good job damn yeah. nice so that's, well, i'm sold man what's what's the uh would you recommend that to oh, our fans no. i definitely would recommend this man palm springs if you got hulu get it if you don't have hulu get a fucking hulu fucking subscription it's cheap or just get a fucking free sample trial sample and watch the movie and then cancel the sample i don't know yeah. Get a fucking Hulu subscription. You I can like tell it's been a while since we've done this because I'm just rambling like an <laughs> idiot. No worries, man. It's all good. So what did um, you watch? What's your What's your first movie of the week? So uh, uh, something else newer that I thought worth mentioning. I am uh, not one to talk often of, of stage plays or musicals, but in the 4th of July kind of festivity-ness, uh, we watched Hamilton over nice. at our place. And I honestly had a great fucking time watching it. Huh. That was something where it's, uh, I've grown up watching uh, a few different musicals. Uh, Singing in the Rain is very close to my heart, as well as White Christmas. The idea of a musical or musically driven story, not, not too crazy for me personally. Mm-hmm. Just to give you that background. Having said that, I, I wasn't quite ready for the fact that there's almost no narrative scenes without music the entire huh. time. You You are like you're being driven from song to song. The whole thing is just music. 
still fun. Now, what's the plot? I, I know it's about time. Alexander Hamilton or whatnot, but so what we're, is we're following the inspiration. It, it is inspired by the life of Alexander Hamilton and Lin Manuel Miranda, who is the writer, the star of uh, the the play, is the star of this. Now, uh, the way I viewed it, this is when Disney Plus posted it to their streaming service, and. This is how I'm considering watching it as a feature, I suppose. Well, it um, was coming out in theater, so that's that's yes, legit. that is true. That is very true. This is a film inspired by Alexander Hamilton's life. Um, this is following the events uh, roughly surrounding his life. Uh, the fact that he is a immigrant to what was colonial United States and had such a strong influence in the founding of our nation. Yet, as Lin Manuel Miranda pointed out when he was writing the play. It wasn't a person that he found got the recognition he deserved. So it was an interesting story here. These particular highlights weren't something you really got a lot of in American history, I feel like, in public school upbringing. So it was, it was a fun watch. Now, setting all historical fact aside, because I know there are some things that can be argued back and forth as far as perspective and what the story was actually about. It was a very entertaining story to watch. The way they used the stage, they didn't have like really dramatic backdrops that they changed so much as it was how they presented the song to you. I like that we had the same cast regardless of the period of time they're portraying. So there wasn't like a different cast member for this character, this age, this age, and this age. It was just the same actor all the way through. Nice. No question of any of that stuff. It kind of it kind of kept some of the, the quicker songs a little easier to keep track of who was where. And then when you get to the later scenes, it had a little more gravity. It was a, it was a fun ride. So there was a lot of faces I recognized. Uh, right away, uh, I want to say his name's David Diggs. Yeah, yes. I recognized him immediately from uh, Kimmy Schmidt. And he had such a great character on that show. And the fact that he was doing a similar thing where he was rapping his lyrics to his, his students or his character was rapping his lyrics to the audience. See, I'm, I'm assuming Tina Fey got him to do that because she saw him in Hamilton, I bet. Oh, right. Yeah. No, that was, it was, it was fantastic. It, it made total sense see, why. <laughs> if you want to see him in an amazing movie, you should check out this movie called Blind Spotting. It is about like inner city stuff. There's him and a white guy, they're movers. And you just see like some shit go down with the police and it's powerful. He wrote it and stuff. Sorry, I'm not hijacking here. I'm going to show Oh, no, no worries. No worries. Um, that and I got to be honest, every time Jonathan Groff got on stage, I, he's just about stole the scene. Like, I'd almost forget about whatever we just saw. And it was easily some of the funniest scenes in all of Hamilton. Where huh. <laughs> King George gets on stage <laughs> and he does his commentary on what's going on. It was really funny. I'm just... I um apparently he is not the original cast member who played King George, but in this version, Jonathan Groff played him, and he was just fantastic. And he huh. just commits to every line he's slinging at the stage. Oh God, I I I feel like I keep talking in detail for a very long time about it, but it is honestly worth a watch. If you're on the fence about watching it, please please watch it. Every See, cast member delivers thing, like, a stellar performance. Here, nothing but great things. I watch the trailer and I'm like, that looks so fucking boring. But I know everyone says it's amazing. So it's like... there's Adam, just for you, not even the rest of you toasters. So I think I've convinced you guys, at least the ones that I should have. But just for you, Adam. No, you convinced there's me. There's something about the cadence of just watching it. Like, hmm. when, once you see the cast going about how they're delivering their line, you know, yeah. there's something in the air, in the room. Like, if you got surround sound, fucking kick that on. Or if you got headphones, like the best headphones you got, just like, yeah. please watch it with those on. 
it is it is worth giving the best audio quality you can when watching it, this movie. This is like a three hour thing, right? Or deal? It's an endeavor. It's an endeavor. It gives you a uh, it gives you an intermission. Hmm. There, there is a, an intermission countdown in the middle of it, and I suggest nice. you take advantage of it because I know I needed it. It's now, it's it's worth a watch. Yeah. What's the magic? Every there's something about it. Is there one thing that you can pinpoint and say this is like the magic of Hamilton? Like this thing really made it. Is it the music, the way it's delivered, the cast? For me, it was the music. Okay. There's, once you get like a song or two in, and you start, you hear the voice of Hamilton. Like mm. you kind of really hone in on like, okay, this is what you're giving me for the next three hours. I was sold. Like I yeah. was just like, okay, I am all about how you're giving me the story because it's quick and it's one of those where if if you're if you don't listen to a lot of rap music you might miss some dialogue i'm gonna be honest because it's delivered in a manner where it's like it it's hitting you fast they're Mm. they're hitting you hard it's (laughs) nice very much worth it i highly recommend if you're uh, remotely interested in musicals please watch it if you haven't already if you enjoy the story if you if you like colonial america if you like just the learning some fragments of that history more than enough reason to watch it because I think it's delivered in a, in a manner that is very interesting. It will keep you entertained. Even if you're not watching every frame of it, listening to the songs, you're, you're going to laugh. There's, I even, I got choked up at the end, the final, the final scene in the film without giving it away. If you know the true story of the, the man, you know how, how he goes down, but. Is Aaron Burr in it? Yes. Yeah. Aaron Burr is one of the other main characters of it. Yeah. And it's, it's their final confrontation is honestly, that, that was the most moving scene for me. And it really hit, it really hit you. 10 out of 10 green lights. Get it. <laughs> Hamilton. Disney plus, correct? Disney plus. I yes. act like, I don't know. I know it's Disney plus. No, 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 no. Let it, let them know in case they doubt it. All right, so the next movie I'm about to review just came out Friday as well. I didn't know anything about it. My girlfriend's like, hey, this actress was on this podcast and talked about it, and it sounds good. And I'm like, a new movie? I'm watching it. Uh, I rented this movie called Relic. Uh, I rented it on Amazon. I think it's like six bucket, okay. bucks. It's on every platform. It's a horror movie starring Emily Mortimer. I don't know if you know her. She's in a bunch of oh, different yeah. things. But she normally doesn't do horror movies. So I'm like, that that kind of intrigues me right there. Uh, so pretty much it's a story based in, I was going to say Arizona, but that's way the fuck off, in Australia. Um, <laughs> so it starts off with a mother and daughter driving to a house in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. Uh, it turns out Emily Mortimer's mother went missing. No, Her elderly mother, no one's seen her for days. It's been weeks since she's talked to her. So they go to her house, see if she's alive or even there, and they can't find her. There's a whole search party. A day or two goes by. The mother just shows up. She has like, she looks like she's been through hell, but she acts like nothing happened. And she's kind of... standoffish she treats her daughter kind of like shit but treats her granddaughter nicely and they're just trying to figure out what happened to her and there's some weird things that they notice about the grandmother that starts happening over time and like she has these weird mood swings it feels like something's taking over her body almost i went into this movie thinking it was going to be a creature movie that's that's what i thought and it was not a creature movie and that made me happy that i couldn't call it it's just a slow decay of a woman pretty much you see at one point a doctor checks her out when she first comes home and she has a black spot of like mold or something above her chest like right where her heart is 
And then over time, you see it spreading throughout her body. You kind of see it on the house. It's just there's some really weird shit happening. And, oh, God, I, there's so oh, much I want to talk about in this movie. And pretty oh, much the, the, the grandmother says, oh, I, 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 there's some people that have been coming in the house, some things that have been coming. And her daughter, Emily Mortimer, is like, what, what is it, Mom? What is it? And she's like, I, I don't know what it is, but something's been happening. And, like, they see the, the grandmother go off into the wild. Uh, sneaking out of the house again and it's just such a mind trip but oh i'm trying not to talk about stuff but there's a scene where the granddaughter discovers a hidden room in the house and she goes in there and discovers there's hidden rooms throughout the whole house walls are caving in on her and so much shit and the grandmother slowly becomes something else and it's coming to it's kind of like an allegory for watching your parents slowly decay and die, I guess. But oh, I, I can't fucking tell you what happens at the end, but it's like, I was disgusted. I was happy with what happened and I was just so shocked and odd. I'm not giving this movie any justice here. It doesn't sound good what I'm saying, but I mean, I'm interested. I can tell you right now. I want to watch this movie. I want to say so much and I'm trying to hold back because I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody, but it's not a creature movie. It's a horror movie. It's kind of a thriller. It's really good. It's called Relic. Uh, you can rent it on any VOD. Uh, I assume hopefully it'd be streaming on a service in a couple of months, but I would rent it. it honestly, most of the movies I've been watching on the pandemic, I buy because it's worth a couple of bucks extra. I wish I could have bought this movie. It's only available for rental. I want to watch it again. It's probably one of the best horror Shit. movies I've seen in the past 10 years, at least. Oh, like it's, oh, damn. It's fucked up and it's weird. And I didn't even grab my phone to look at the time or tweet or text or anything. I'm like, my attention okay. was right here. My girlfriend was right there with it. There was, we didn't pause it. There was no distractions. It was great. Uh, so relic check it out if you get a chance damn uh, badass yeah i'm fucking sold man i want to watch that yeah oh god <laughs> nice i i want to talk so much more about it but i don't want to <laughs> yeah so that's a green light in my book uh dennis what else have you seen oh well um i finally caught up to caught up to you on a what i think is going to be shortlisted for a spike lee classic no to five bloods oh, i thought it was the black clansman fuck but five bloods oh, no. is also good hey i gotta I, i'll admit i still have to see black clansman and again i've only heard nothing but good things including what you've told me mm. so i i very much gotta get to seeing that but this film this particular film to five bloods mm. i wasn't a hundred percent sure what i was getting into like just okay just commenting on the trailer. The trailer shows me uh, a little bit of a heist story, a little bit of uh, a comment on the socioeconomic environment and just the terrible um, racism that has been rampant in America since this time period that they're portraying. I appreciate their unflinching look at the war itself. I was not ready for the real war footage that they Oh, that was show graphic. You and it was, and, and it's, but it's real. It's like, yeah. this is, this is what this is. This is not something to be taken casually. Like this is what this amounts to when you declare war on someone like the, <laughs> God. And like that alone is heavy, not to mention some of the facts that were uh, meant dropped in the movie. Like at the time, African-Americans made up 11% of the United States, but they were 32% of the soldiers in Vietnam during the war. That's crazy. Re really fucking heavy. But even that aside, I just had a killer time with just the presentation of the story. I like, this unconventional means of uh, narration that Spike Lee gives you. And I like this 
had this corner of America, this corner of the world. We, I, we haven't seen specifically this. We haven't seen direct like war uh, films or like we haven't, we haven't touched this topic on the head mm-hmm. so much as it's been addressed in some of his other movies alongside everything else that's being talked about. But I really liked the direction this movie went. I liked that it was still had these elements of just like, you know, someone's going to turn against the group, but you're not really sure who. And even when they start turning, you're like, yeah, but it could still, you know. Now, can I cut you off? I'm sorry. Could you just tell us like a brief uh, what it's about? A brief summary of the story of the film is there's a, a group of group of men who had all served together in Vietnam and they had all gone out on the same mission together. There was a, a fifth member of the group that had unfortunately had their life taken away in this final mission. And what had happened was there was a cargo plane with a shipment of gold that was meant to pay the local uh, soldiers, pay the local Vietnamese because they didn't take U.S. currency or any other currency at that time other than just gold itself. This was just the easiest means of doing it. So this plane crashed. Only these five guys knew the exact location of where this plane was. They decided, all right, we're going to bury it. We know exactly where this is. While this was going down, they got overrun by a group of Viet Cong. And unfortunately, their platoon leader, their group leader, the uh, guy played by... Um, oh my God. Boseman? Yes, yes, Mr. fucking Black Panther himself. And he gave a stellar performance. I thought he was badass. Oh, yeah. Like, he was motivating. Every time he's on screen, he was just like, fuck yeah, I'll follow this guy into mm-hmm. whatever the fuck he tells me to. Like, it, I loved his delivery throughout every scene that he he gave but yeah once once he went down they they buried it determined they're going to come back for it later so this is 40 years later now almost 50 years later and it's it's present day the soldiers have come back the four remaining have come back to try to reclaim the gold uh they're going to give the payment back to viet uh the vietnam soldiers or the vietnam people who had originally deserved the payment and they're going to bring the remains of their friend home. That That is the setup of the film itself. So much more happens, too. Jesus. Oh, my God, yes. It, it gets deep. I like the interaction between uh, Delroy Lindo Delroy. gave an incredible performance. When we're seeing his just unease being with the locals. And it's like, even when people are trying to help him, their, their, their guide that is actually taking them upriver, which they claim they knew well enough they didn't need a guide, but they clearly did need the guide. Mm. Even him, who was all about trying to help these guys and appreciated the gravity of the, the trip they were taking, at least as far as he knew, he, he was still treated with disdain. He was treated just like the people that Delroy Lindo's character, Paul, thought he was fighting against back in the 60s and 70s. I believe of the group, he was also the one that served the longest. Uh, another notable name drop, uh, uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Oh, just stellar. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those where, like, he doesn't need to be, like, oversold that he's in the movie because there's incredible actors in the movie already. Uh, Not to mention the other main cast members, which Mm -hmm. all of them deserve their own intro, but I thought it was cool that he uh, got worked in there. Paul Walter Hauser, God, I mean, that guy is just great in everything he's in. Oh, dude, I listened to him on a podcast. He literally seems like the sweetest human being ever. Like, he's just the most down-to-earth He's a religious guy, but he doesn't push it on it. Like from what I've heard, he seems amazing, and the work proves it. He, he's great in everything he's done in this movie. Oh, alone. absolutely! Oh, even yeah. Even his facial gestures, not even talking. Now I, we've we've talked at length about the movie before in the past on, on this podcast with some of the other members. I just want to throw my green light in there. If if you're remotely interested in something from this time period, please watch it. If you're remotely interested in something just motivational, like there's something inspiring of just the journey they take. 
although it is dark, it is heavy, you, you are going to see some real death and real blood. It's with a message and it's with a purpose. So hmm. if you're not too overly sensitive to it, I strongly recommend it. It is worth, as an American, I think it is worth watching. It gives a very intriguing perspective as to what a lot of Americans went through in this time period that honestly is just not talked about enough. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Netflix, Greenlight, please have at it. Another Spike Lee incredible film so further solidifying his place in american filmdom for me oh yeah defy bloods yes great movie uh and timely timely as fuck right now with hell yes oh absolutely and i feel like that's even more reason to watch it the immediate things that are addressed and even some of the subtle things that the characters do some of the some of the actions that are taken damn it i don't i don't want to spoil it for these guys yeah yeah there there is some some ultimate sacrifices are made and I was not, expe- it happened so fast. I wasn't expecting it. And it was one of my favorite characters. I was just, oh, and oh my God. Things happen in rapid, subs- and things happen in rapid succession. It's like, holy shit, that oh, just yeah. happened. Okay, now we're going to, oh, oh, fuck, this happened. Oh shit, we're going to one up every second it felt like. There's definitely scenes where you, you totally don't have enough time to like settle. They, it, they do a great job of lulling you into the state of ease and just, there's a, a lot of gorgeous, gorgeous footage of countryside, which I think was Thailand. I know it's I d- supposed to be Thailand, but I feel like they probably filmed in like Hawaii, if I had a guess. Well, no, no, it's supposed to be Vietnam. Oh, okay. But I think oh, okay. they actually filmed, let's see. I'm going to look at it. Actually, I think this is worth, worth uh, looking up for you yeah. folks. It's like an actual tidbit that's kind of fun and knowledgeable. Wherever they shot it, it's fucking beautiful looking. And, oh, my God, yes. And the fact that we're seeing these guys who left the country, like killing people and being at war and then going back later and just interacting with them like they're normal human beings and not the enemy. That was kind of a nice oh, yeah, absolutely. Just position. And I did, I did confirm. So they did, apparently a bulk of the filming was in Thailand, but they did actually film in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. Oh, shit. Nice. But it's, I would argue to the point, like the, the closing credits are worth watching all the way through just to watch all of the exteriors that they shot and just the footage of Thailand itself. Mm. It's, it's gorgeous. The, the music is great. Acting is stellar. You get a lot of the classic uh, Spike Lee tropes. I loved when they were in the hotel before they set out onto the the search for the gold itself. And you get that classic revert, like you get that classic shot of the son who is trying to join the group and he's just looks so small (laughs) against the rest of the Mm -hmm. the bloods. That was great and funny. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not totally without relief. You do get to catch your breath once in a while. Oh yeah. There's jokes throughout the movie. So yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that. I'll, uh, I'll keep going with the fucking Netflix train here. Uh, Eurovision, the story of, Fire Saga. So Fire Sweet. Saga is uh, Will Farrell and uh, Rachel McAdams are kind of lifelong friends and they've been making songs up together and they always dream on being in this European music tournament type show, which is a real show called Eurovision. So yeah, uh, they've been friends throughout childhood. They, they start singing together. They're best friends. They want to be in this Eurovision singing competition so much they put on shows throughout their whole town they're in a small town in fuck i forget the country i want to say they're in like sweden or something people kind of laugh at them they have talent but they don't really execute it rachel mcadam has more talent than will ferrell but his dedication and drive is what really makes the band work (laughs) 
he, he's trying to live up to his father's expectations. His father's played by Pierce Brosnan, uh, and he treats him like shit. Pierce Brosnan <laughs> has like sex with all the ladies in the town. So like, there's a running joke of maybe Rachel McAdams might be his sister, but they don't know. Now, I guess the countries themselves have to choose like five bands that they want to promote their country on this okay. Eurovision. And there's one girl who's a shoe in. She's amazing. Best voice. She's going to be a hit pop star. And they have three other guys, uh, like two or three other people that are good. And they need one final person. And they let one guy choose. And he randomly pulls out a cassette tape by Fire Saga. They go and they perform because it's kind of like the semifinals. Everyone in the country, the five people get to perform. Their performance goes horribly awry. Like uh-huh. technical difficulties out the wazoo. Will Ferrell leaves and just fucking goes and has a pity party somewhere else when there's a boat party that's happening with everyone who performed. Needless to say, they did not pass that area. But Rachel McAdams goes out to consult uh, Will Ferrell and tell him, hey, at least we got our shot. We tried it. Sorry, it didn't work. And you can see the boat party in the distance because Will Ferrell really wanted to go to the boat party. And as they're talking, the boat explodes. Oh, my God. That's fucking great. And they're both like... (laughs) wait a minute, that means that means we're the only ones alive. That means we're in. And so the next scene, you, you see the people at Eurovision talking. They're like, well, I guess these dipshits are in. They, they might suck, but <laughs> that I guess they're in. And then we cut to, we, we pan over and we see the two of them are there. And like, that means we're in? And they're so excited. And it's just fucking wacky. Now, I'm not going to lie, this movie took me a little bit to get into. I'm, at first, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Fuck this movie. And then after that stuff, I'm like, oh, shit, this movie's pretty good. Um, and then can, I, can I ask? Yeah. What, what, uh, if you had to compare it to a level of comedy in another Will Ferrell movie, what, what would you compare it to? Huh, that's a tough question, <laughs> to be honest with you. Fuck. Because I feel not- like when I see it, I feel like the trailer looks to me like Blades of Glory. That's what I was going to say. It has that type of, except he's not dueling. Yeah, it's kind of in the realm of Blades of Glory. I liked okay. it more than Blades of Glory, to be honest oh, with ni- you. Okay, nice. Nice, yeah. good. Um, so pretty much they end up making it onto the show, and they're kind of laughed at because they're not the world's best singers, but... <laughs> They have spirit and they have charisma and they're given a trainer who like tweaks their songs up and I can't really go on and say more about it, but uh, it's a good movie. It's, it has heart. It has soul. Um, they even call it the fact that Rachel McAdams is much younger than Will Ferrell is. They make it work in the movie no. and there's a lot going on and it has heart. It has soul. I'd say it's a yellow light in my opinion. If you like okay. goofy comedies, it's a little long for me. If it was a little shorter, I might say a little tighter. I might say it's a green light, but everyone loves it. Oh, like they, there's original music in here that's hilarious. There's like a song called Volcano Mama uh, and just oh random things. God. There's like the two of them like on like keyboards across from each other up on a cliff with the uh, fucking beautiful water underneath them. They're dressed as Vikings. <laughs> it's just wacky and out there and it's fun. Uh, but unfortunately, not as great as I'd hoped. Uh, so that's... Okay. Yeah, yellow, but it's definitely worth a check out if you're looking to have a good laugh and a little hard. All right, movie. all right. Movie. What else? Nice. Uh, what do you What do you got? Yeah, well, the next movie I got is something a little older. It is a horror classic. Some of you toasters might have already seen before, but I had my first viewing of the 1980 version of 
Prom Night starring Jamie Lee Curtis. That was a trip. Now, this will be a little quicker. Um, If if you're into these kind of slasher, cheesy, teenage horror 80s movies, it is totally up your alley. It's it hits a lot of the tropes you would expect. What I liked about this is that they hit you with so many. You're trying to guess who the killer is and you're trying to guess who matters to the plot. And you're kind of left like, uh, okay, now it could be any number of these people. Like yeah. there's a lot of suspects. There was a moment where my girlfriend and I both were just like, oh, okay, we see the when you finally see the killer, it was kind of, it was satisfying. It was a nice reveal, and I wasn't totally expecting it. I mean, it could only be so many people, of course, but it, it was still a fun ride. It's kind of a fun ride. You still get these crazy kills. You did a lot of these like teen horror rules they followed that like again again like I mentioned the the tropes that they have to hit yeah the the ones that have sex of course are the ones that die but the the ways they bring them down are still entertaining on screen Sh- uh, shit what's his name um an- another recognizable face uh, aside from J- Jamie Lee Curtis was uh, Leslie Nielsen who plays the principal of the high school all the students huh. go to. But is, is he playing was... a comedic character or? No, totally serious. No, he's, it's, it's, it's all totally, totally straight. He's, he's concerned for the murders that have been going on in his high school. It's, it's kind of hilarious to see him play a completely dry, flat character that is just this horror movie person like there's nothing else about him like nothing even remotely interesting about him other than the fact that he's supposed to fulfill the adult that is watching the story unfold from afar as he slowly starts getting more and more involved so obviously the film is called prom night it is it it culminates in the prom night of this it culminates in the prom night that's going on at this particular high school where a masked killer is stalking several students who were all involved in well, essentially it was a murder. Oh. Uh, they were picking on one of their classmates years ago. I think it was 12 years prior or something. Uh, six years Fucking prior. Fucking hold a grudge. Yeah. So six years prior to this particular prom night, um, several students were picking on one of their classmates when she backed out of a window off of like the second or third story of this abandoned building. And she fell, was like paralyzed. The window pane fell, slittered throat open she bled out in front of all the kids and they all just ran home because they didn't know what to do and they're like we're not going to tell anyone we're just going to run home and then it jumps to years later some of the kids are still visiting her grave some aren't which leads you to think who might be involved in the killing Mm. anyways it's a fun ride it's cheesy as fuck of course nice you have a lot of the same you know again running over the same ground but i kind of like how they present it if anything there's a lot of similarities to halloween setting aside the fact that friggin' Jimmy Lee Curtis stars yeah. in this movie. She's almost the same character in this movie. Dang. Um, but still a fun ride. If, if you're just down for this kind of trashy slasher, give it a go. Have fun. Again, for this kind of garbage horror movie, it's a green light. <laughs> now, where can, where can I find that movie? I have personally watched it on Comet TV, which is a uh, antenna network that is available in most places across the United States, but it is also available on Amazon Prime where you get the full uncut version, which isn't exactly what I saw. So you're going to get some more little tidbits that I didn't get to see, which are the exact tidbits you would imagine I'm talking about. So have fun with that. It's, it's, it's available there. Uh, Amazon Prime. Have fun. Okay. It's a, it's a fun, terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to jump in with another new movie from last Friday. Uh, This one's a documentary called, Inmate number one, The Rise of Danny Trejo. 
Um, I saw this trailer a couple of months ago, and I'm like, holy fuck, this trailer alone makes me so fucking interested in this movie. I have to see it. So I bought it when it came on Amazon Prime. It was like 12 bucks. You can rent it anywhere for like six bucks, I think. Uh, but this is a documentary about Danny Trejo's life. It starts off, we get a good majority of it seeing his childhood, how life was going pretty good. Eh, he had a little mishap here and there. And like, he moved in with his dad. His parents were divorced. Uh, he lived with his grandmother with like seven other uh, cousins of his who were all females. And his grandparents, it was his mother's parents, they were loving. And then for some reason, he left there and moved in with his father's family. And that's where life got a little rough for Danny. And I don't know why I'm going in deep here, but his uncle, he idolized. And his uncle ran with the wrong crew and did some sketchy shit and got Danny kind of in a bad place. And then it moves on to, holy shit, Danny is now in prison. And we hear all about that. And then we transition into Danny being in movies, going from trying to just help someone feel like they're an inmate in a movie to being spotted as, oh shit, you're that boxer. Because apparently he was a world-class boxer known uh, for like winning the boxing title at like San Quentin. Like apparently there's back in the day, boxing tournaments in prisons. People knew him. Like he had a tattoo on his chest. People knew him from prison to prison because he bounced around a lot. But his, he was like a legend. And the screenwriter of the movie he was on, uh, or no, I think it was the director saw him and he's like, hey, I want you in my movie. You look great. And then the screenwriter was like an uh, uh, inmate, inmate at one point. And he's like, oh, you're Danny Trejo. He slowly builds up from being an extra to working up into movies, working up into starring in movies, working up to just all the charitable stuff he does showing him like going and talking to inmates, talking to people. And it really uh, shows him uh, in his community, like his family, his friends, uh, people that have worked with them. So yeah, pretty much he just follows Danny Trejo throughout his whole life. And it's riveting. It's really cool shit. It's very long. I think the movie is like an hour and 48 minutes, but it drags a lot because you're hearing everything his whole life. So I'd say it's a yellow light. Now, is this something that's like, is it a lot of interviews or is there like reenactment? Uh, no, it's pretty much just interviews. Like okay. you can oh, tell good. that he uh, has told these stories to his family and his friends and people he knows like, cause everyone specifically knows every in and out of these stories. And the funny thing is they talked about how in Desperado, his first movie working with Robert Rodriguez, they just wanted someone who looked tough and didn't speak at all. So they got Danny and Danny really wanted to talk. And, and Robert's like, no, no, you don't talk. It's going to be a great performance that way. And then someone's like, Oh, was that a character choice? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I decided to do that myself. But the, the oh. funny thing is about that, they apparently on set realized that they're second cousins. They never knew until that point. Oh, shit. Oh, that's yeah. funny. And then after <laughs> that, he's like, come on, man, I'm your cousin. Let me give me, give me a better role here. And then he, he just talks about working with them all the time and wanting to make the mex, uh, mexploitation movies with machete and everything with them. And Oh, which uh, are fucking classic. Oh, yeah. I love those. <laughs> yeah. And it just made me want to watch this. But he really seems like a really amazing guy, the way they present him in this. and That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. I just wish, once again, the movie was kind of shorter. I know it's a sad thing to ask for, but it's very insightful. It's great. You really get to know the ins and out of them, and it's nice seeing the vulnerability. And they even say, like, he's done all these movies and everything, so many movies. He doesn't even know the titles of the movies. 
he just knows his lines and shows up to do what he's doing. <laughs> like he just does so much. Like he do like Guy seven or eight movies. Yeah. He just loves working. Yeah. It sounds like, which is nice. So yeah, it's called inmate. Number one, the rise of Danny Trejo. Uh, you can rent it anywhere. Uh, it's a yellow light. Uh, anything else that you have, Dennis? I, I don't think so. All right. I have one more movie I want to talk about really quick. My Spy, starring Dave Bautista. <laughs> um, nice. So this movie was supposed to release a bunch of times, but it kept getting pushed back left and right. And it was finally supposed to release before the pandemic hit, but then it didn't. And then it became an Amazon original movie. So you can watch it on Amazon Prime for free. Pretty much it's about a, a man who was a soldier his whole life becomes a spy and he's not very good at it. And so his boss says, I'll give you a very easy job. You just got to watch this one woman, a single woman and her child to see if her brother-in-law shows up. Her, her, the brother-in-law is doing some shady shit and you just got to watch and just report on what you see. It turns out the daughter of the woman notices what's happening and she kind of cons him in and blackmails him into showing her how to be a badass and how to be like a spy. <laughs> and at the same time, um, Kristen Shaw is kind of his uh, hacker, his kind of computer girl, his computer guy that's there. She helps him with everything okay. and she wants to be a spy and she's trying to get him to show her how to be a spy. And he doesn't, he only shows the girl and there's resentment there and oh jesus then the little girl really wants her mother to date him and he, she kind of forces it on him he and the woman become a couple essentially and oh, okay the, of course <laughs> government finds out about it she finds out that he's a spy and all this and it blows up i'm spoiling the movie i'm not going to give you details um but it's really fun it's <laughs> I, I i don't know why it's a big family movie it's rated PG-13, but it's fun. It's exciting. There's some good action. And honestly, I think this is Dave Bautista's best acting job that I've ever seen. Like, Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, feel I guess like he shines in this. Guardians isn't exactly like high-level acting there. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot to do. He's more of a human in this. Every time I see him as okay. a human nice. in other movies, he's kind of stoic. He seems like he's acting. He seems like he's like a brick wall. He has no emotions. And this, he has emotions, and it's fun. I'd say My Spy is a green light. If you have a okay. family, if you have kids, go check it out. Um, that brings me to the end of the movies, pretty much. Except, Dennis, you and I watched a movie together over the pandemic. That's true. We kind of have a, had a fun uh, uh, shared viewing experience where, now I forget the, the theater chain that originally hosted it. What was the name of that? Uh, so there is this new, I don't know if it's new, but uh, Riza from the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, he has this label called 36 Chambers, and uh, right. they have a now virtual cinema pretty much. Every Friday they put out movies. I watched one movie there a couple of weeks ago, a kung fu movie, but uh, this movie we saw is a exploitation oh. movie. Dennis, you want to talk about what it is and tell us what Hell it is? yeah. This is Petey Wheatstraw, the devil's son-in-law. <laughs> this, this is a movie starring uh, Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, clearly this is well after, um, the, his it classic. Yeah. Dolomite. But it's, it's very much in that tone of it just perfectly captures the place it exists in. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the budget it lives in the locations made available, just everything that was available to him when he made this movie. Oh my God. It's, it's just so spot on. And 
to me, per, like to me, and I, I think to you as well, Adam. I, correct me if I'm wrong. It's just it was very inspiring to see someone that just fucking made the movie he wanted to make. Oh yeah, and it just lives so well in this very politically like- incorrect tone. The violence is over the top. Mm-hmm. There's unnecessary sexualization. Kung fu that is totally inaccurate. All of these great components in all the wrong amounts and in just the right mix when combined together for me. And so the plot of this movie is there's a badass, a guy who was born pretty much almost a teenager. The movie starts with this like teenager coming out of a woman. Yeah, th- yeah that's right. the shit oh out God. of a doctor. And pretty much then we see uh, the Karate Kid. He learns Kung Fu from this guy. And this movie came out well before Karate Kid came out. He learns Kung Fu as a kid. And pretty much he's a badass. He kicks everyone's ass. He's cool. The community loves him. He's at a funeral that everyone in the funeral gets gunned down. Everyone dies. And he goes to hell. And the devil is like, hey, Petey Wheatra, you want to go back up to the earth? I can send you back to earth. Uh, one, one condition, you got to marry my daughter. My daughter is so <laughs> ugly. Nobody will marry her. And he looks at her. He's like, oh yeah, she is ugly, but I'll marry the, her. The audience doesn't, I got to mention as the audience member, you don't see what the daughter looks like <laughs> for like the entire movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Sorry. I just had to mention that. So yeah, they send him back up to earth. Cause he's like a, uh, he's also an entertainer. Is he a comic or a musician or. Yeah. It's kind of like he, he's like a, a, a live host personality where he would do song. He would do comedy. Um, but he would be like, he, he would separate the acts on, on stage when you'd mm. go to like these clubs and stuff. And we, we see a night of what this, uh, what his stage set would look like he riffs on some audience members a little bit but there's like a live band and it's it's he's just this very big personality that is a big entertainer in the neighborhood that a lot of people know yeah so he gets to go back and does that stuff and he has he's in a relationship he has a bunch of friends and they're all like what are you gonna do you're gonna marry the daughter's devil and he pretty much gets even more badass because he has a cane that has superpowers in it and he ends up tricking the devil and then the devil has to come back and there's a big fight oh man this movie the fight is awesome insane it's great let alone setting aside the fact that god giving you a stick with all the powers of god in it and then you're going to do battle with god with the stick that is this movie (laughs) it is but it is oh it is so wonderful the costumes are amazing to just the dialogue that Rudy Ray Moore has, everything he came up with to say mm-hmm. is just so. Just <laughs> Rudy Ray Moore's cadence and his <laughs> his personality and persona is so amazing. It really is. It, the one scene as we we're talking that blew my mind. There's just a scene of the devil running in a tracksuit down a street, just jogging <laughs> down a street, and then he meets Petey and he's like, "Come on, before you marry my daughter, let's go to this abandoned area." And he goes in, and then there's a giant orgy that happens. Yeah. It was so weird. All these naked ladies with horns. Oh, man. It was so, so insane. They just uh, randomly cut these things. Oh, God. It's, uh, if you're a fan of the, um, the Eddie Murphy film. Uh, Dolomite is it? my name. Dolomite is my name. Or if you're just straight up a fan of Rudy Ray Moore and just happen to not get to this film. 
it is so worth watching. It's it it is a fun ride, and it's more of that if if this is what you're expecting you know yeah well worth it you can probably rent it on amazon or anywhere for like a couple of bucks it's an awesome movie Shit, um, if, I, if i see this on blu-ray somewhere i'm gonna buy it i i, oh, I want to yeah. own this thing it is great <laughs> and the beauty of this 36 cinema thing that we're talking about that we watched it on uh there was live commentary um a guy from the Chappelle show named Donald Rollins was doing it with uh, another guy, <laughs> Thomas, John Surgent. He's a film reviewer and a couple other guys. And we got live commentary throughout this thing and it was great. And then they played the movie without commentary after. And it was $10 a ticket. Car- oh yeah. Can't be totally worth the money. That, oh, like, yeah. It was a great value for that. Mm. So green light. Oh, oh man. God damn it. It is just, uh, it is a fun time. Even if it's one of those, you're going to, you're going to have a drink with it. You're going to smoke a bowl with it. Oh, this yeah. is that kind of movie. It, <laughs> you just have fun. Just have fun. Mm, why not? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. I want to apologize to you guys. If you're still listening, hopefully you're still listening. Um, normally we don't run this long. Normally we're in a half an hour time zone. We haven't edited the episode yet. We're about an hour in. We just wanted to give you a rundown of the bigger things that we've seen, things that you might have missed that streaming and new, please subscribe to us on uh, social media. We're at Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, uh, YouTube, Twitch, all at movie underscore toast. Uh, and please just, we're on all the fucking areas where you can download podcasts. Please subscribe, auto download the podcast. Leave us a review on Apple podcast. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Dennis? If, if there's something that you felt the show has been missing, that's something we're really into hearing right now. What, what is the segment you guys would want to hear from us? Or do we do you need more of something? Like, is yeah. it, do you, do we need to double down somewhere? Are there any Let movies that you want to review us to review? Or are there any? Do you, do you disagree with any of our reviews? Please, if tweet us or anything, and we'll, maybe we'll read it and interact with you on the show or whatnot. Yeah, uh, track down the Discord. We we will chat there on occasion. We'd love to chat with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voice channel is open. Jump on over. <laughs> and uh, like we said in the opening of the show, uh, we're going to have a movie news show, live show on Twitter. Twitter. We could, but we're not going to. On Twitch every Sunday night. And uh, hopefully you guys will watch it and tell your friends about it. And then over on YouTube, we got trailer talk coming up every week. So please subscribe. Check us out. You get all that info on the social medias. Thanks for listening. Stay toasty. Boom, boom, boom. Let's say 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Fuck, we're not up that early. It's like, why not put our fucking ugly faces out in the world and uh, see what's going on?